Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to another episode of Agents of Mace. Today, you have me, Drew, and Elisa. We're going to be talking about Thor... Uh, I forgot. Thor Ragnarok. I was like, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. think of the name of the movie. We're going to be talking about Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame, uh, and kind of the role that Loki plays in all of those leading up to the Loki series, which is inching closer day by day. Can't wait for Wednesdays. Um, before we jump into that, we are going to jump back to last week because we have a extra piece for our fact check that uh, <laughs> that I didn't notice and that Elisa found. So take it away with our new fact check fact. <laughs> okay. Um, so in our fact check, we said that in the comics, Loki had always been presented as Thor's adopted brother. But I had said in the episode that I could have swore I read in one of the very, very, very old uh, issues him being referred to as Thor's half-brother. And after we did the fact check, I went because I knew where I had read it. Um, if you go and you get the uh, collection of all of the Vote Loki arc, it includes a few of those really, really old comics, like Loki's first appearance in Thor. And I think the other one was... Uh, an Avengers comic. Um, yeah, it was Avengers. Um, and it was in that Avengers one that he said that Thor was his half-brother. And I was like, oh! <gasps> <laughs> yeah, so we, we needed to amend that. Um, when I was looking it up, I, I looked on like the Marvel Wiki and whatever you want to call regular Wikipedia. I guess it's just Wikipedia. But, Wiki uh, Wiki. Yeah, Wiki Wiki. <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't see anything on there about half-brother, but that's really cool that that is thrown in there. And it makes me wonder, is Loki being sneaky? And like, we just don't know. I don't know. I think Loki's... Or have a, they just not quite decided? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's probably more, more realistic. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's jump into the movies. Uh, we... I mean, I don't know what order everyone watched everything in, 
but assuming chronological order, we'll start with Thor Ragnarok. Yay. This is, <laughs> I mean, I it's so good. It's such a good it movie. Is. <laughs> like the tone is like still that Disney Marvel fun adventure tone, but like upped by like three levels. And all the colors are great. The music is great. All the acting is great. I love like the new revamped Thor that we get with Thor Ragnarok, where it's like more fun Thor as opposed to like serious brooding Thor, which like, come on, save that stuff for DC stuff. We don't need that in our Marvel movies. We want fun, exciting action heroes. So yeah, Zack Snyder, you keep your brooding. over Yeah, there. keep all your dark colors. <laughs> we don't need it. Um. but i i love this movie i love how it starts like right off the bat we're getting thor coming back well he let's see he beats man i can't remember his name hang on i've got it written (laughs) i hate that i'm having to look (laughs) i feel it starts with an s i think cert cert certer uh sartre yeah sartre that's it so he beats searcher and gets his crown and is bringing it back to throw into the Asgard collection. And when Mm -hmm. he gets back, he sees this play that's happening of Loki's (laughs) death. And I mean, this at this point in the movie, when I saw the people they got to be in this play, it blew me away. I was like, (laughs) we went from like star studded Marvel cast to like double that. We have, I mean, Matt Damon, not Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon. Matt Damon shows up. He's playing Loki. Um, I can never remember his name, but the guy that plays Dr. Alan Grant in Jurassic Park is playing Odin. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, wow, oh my God, like, (laughs) here are these huge names in a play, in a movie. (laughs) And if I'm not mistaken, the one playing Thor is Chris Hemsworth's brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his brother. I think it's Luke. I think that one is Luke. Yeah, which is just like, I mean, what I, it was great. I What perfect <laughs> casting for this like cast inside of a casted movie. But it's really funny to get to see that. And it's almost like this movie doing this play, they're kind of picking on the reference material for the play, um, which I thought was kind of funny, making it very like drawn out and Shakespearean. Uh, but oh my gosh, just what it's such a strong start to the movie that there's no way the movie can only go up from there. It's just like, bam, cool thing, bam, cool thing. <laughs> really? And in my head, Canon Loki kidnapped the real Matt Damon. <laughs> 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 It's just, it's like a brainwashing scenario where he'll just plonk him back on earth and that'll be the end. (laughs) I will say it is kind of weird how when Loki reveals himself to not be Odin, but to actually be Loki, (laughs) the people in Asgard aren't that concerned. (laughs) They're just kind of like, oh yeah, okay. He's probably done it at least three times before this. Uh, True. (laughs) But it... I feel like my first thought would be like, well, hold on. If you're Loki, where's Odin? That's no a fair one concern. Seems, yeah, no one seems to care except for Thor. And on top of that, I still don't understand 
the importance that they put on Heimdall being able to see everything, but he can't ever see all of Loki's tricks. Well, Loki's a very powerful magician. He can he can block all that kind of stuff. Um, and even whenever Odin comes out of, uh, I guess, his haze once he's on Earth, he congratulates Loki and says that his mother would have been very proud of that spell that he put on him. So Loki's very powerful. And this is uh, one of the complaints that I've seen about Ragnarok is that Loki doesn't do a lot of magic in it. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he totally yeah, does. I... I I want to be more on on the side of that, but when when he when they go to Earth and Loki doesn't even know where Odin is, it's like, well, wouldn't Heimdall have been able to see where Odin went if Loki doesn't even know where Odin is? I don't know. I think that's the only like plot hole that I pick apart every time I watch the movie, but it's small. Um, I think it's great that we get to kind of go almost straight into them being like launched into outer space, essentially, which is an exciting way to think of the Bifrost is just kind of like, Oh, if you, if you fall out of it, it just leaves you somewhere yeah. in space. <laughs> uh, and I always thought it was funny that we see Thor kind of tumble out loki got out of it before thor did but not really that much longer before thor got out of it but enough because he says he's been on sakaar for months whenever right. uh, thor gets there which is crazy the like time difference and that's what i was gonna say it's funny that we see loki like when thor goes through all of the initiation process of being found as a champion we see loki just hanging out making Loki's friends having a great time oh yeah <laughs> he's oh he's living it up living the high life uh so i want to know i wish that that was something that maybe they could touch on in the loki series is like what <laughs> did loki do for those however many months he was there to get to the point where he was just hanging out with all of the elite. <laughs> I was to say, hanging out with alien chicks seems to be a good chunk of it. But also, how did he get on, how did he get into, like, the Grandmaster's graces? They're, yeah. They don't tell exactly, he just says that he's made him his friend, and we know that the Grandmaster is just kind of a creep, and is, like, True. weirdly into Loki. <laughs> but that would be something else that I would like to see, like, actually play out, like, what happened. Right, yeah, because he's, it's not even, it's not even, like, a friendly like hey we know each other it's like hey you're gonna sit in my private box with me mm -hmm. as we watch the match happen but also go do my dirty work later whenever uh yeah. the hulk escapes <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're my right hand man somehow <laughs> well we get to see the beta ray bill appearance on the side of the tower which was exciting a, a fun little easter egg that they threw in there mm -hmm. um so I'm wondering, since that's kind of the that's supposed to be all of the previous champions, I wonder if when we see Beta Ray Bill in Love and Thunder, if he's there, we don't know. If yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> if if he appears in Love and Thunder, which I hope he does, I wonder if he's going to touch on the fact that maybe he was a previous champion. Um, I don't know. That's just like a fun little thing that I I think it'd be neat for them to throw in there just to be a callback to. Hey, remember we put him on the side of the building. Wasn't we'll Thanos see. also on the side? I don't know. I think one of the faces was Thanos. 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. I mean, Thanos <laughs> gets around, does his thing. Fact check, fact check. <laughs> <laughs> Once we kind of get into them, like he and Hulk, Thor and Hulk talking after they have their fight, Thor kind of gets cheated out of winning. Um once they they kind of connect and start talking again, it is a lot of fun to see this kind of like, I don't know, they took Hulk and made him more, I don't know, just like they did with Thor. They made him more fun, mm -hmm. made him a little bit more lighthearted. Um, he has a bunch of funny like one-liners that he throws out there that it's just like, oh, this is the movie that I've wanted for so long. Just like two super-powered meathead idiots <laughs> like connecting on this like weird spiritual journey to help each other you know get back something that was lost where you know hulk was essentially banished from earth and he's kind of dealt with that by just not changing back into banner and staying hulk and thor lost his hammer his brother sort of uh his dad, all of Asgard, essentially. So there's a lot, there's, I feel like there's a lot of heavy stuff going on in the background, mm -hmm. but meanwhile, we're, we're still getting like these fun, lighthearted moments with the characters. Yeah, absolutely. Like this movie is by my estimation, it's the funniest movie in the MCU. I mean, I think it kind of barely edges out uh, guardians of the galaxy, but it's hysterical. I remember leaving the theater, like, physically in pain because I've been laughing so hard at the whole thing and of course a good chunk of that comes from Chris Hemsworth whom I'm really glad that they discovered at some point is very very funny um like he gets he gets some good moments in the first two Thor movies and in Avengers and stuff uh but this is where I feel like he really kind of comes into his own if uh as Thor, or maybe at this point Thor has just fully merged with Chris Hemsworth and now their personalities are basically the same <laughs> And maybe maybe that's the case with uh, Mark Ruffalo, where he's playing Banner in a different way than he has before. Or again, maybe it's just kind of given that leeway with uh, Taika Waititi kind of running things. Yeah, and and I see it with Loki too. I think this movie really sets him apart. Whereas in the last couple movies, we've kind of seen him go from just Loki in Thor to kind of more mischievous but a little bit more like a caring character of Loki in the second Thor movie to now like full-blown you're like okay I get it he's all about <laughs> chaos and doing his own thing but he also like I mean it's his brother it's his family he like kind of cares he's like a teenager right like you hate to love your family so <laughs> I, I don't know. I really enjoy what they did with him in this movie as well. Um, yeah. I thought there were a lot of like fun moments between the two of them, especially <laughs> when they're trying to escape the facility and they do uh what's he call it? Get help. Get help. Yeah. That's, I mean, perfect brotherly bond. <laughs> Have you seen that? They, that was more or less like an improv. They just came up with that the day that they were shooting it. Oh, no, <laughs> but that's hilarious. I mean, that's the I, I kind of want to know, like, what was their plan beforehand? I guarantee it wouldn't have been as good, but I want to know, like, what what was their plan then? Did, were they just supposed to walk out? 
Um, they said the the that whole uh, section of dialogue uh, just changed up a bit as they were filming. Like originally, it was if I'm remembering correctly, it just kind of jumped from location to location to location to location. Um, and then that was just kind of a fun gag that they came up with on that day, breaking up uh, this conversation that they were having. And I think I think that they said it was originally the line was uh, that they were going to do dead fish. <laughs> <laughs> dead fish. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was something that they kind of put together, just like uh, the snake story was apparently also uh, an improv thing where they just told Chris Swords to tell different versions of a story that happened whenever they were young. And he came up with that. Well, I mean, they're both very talented, and I think that, especially under the guidance of Taika Waititi, I mean, there's no way that that wasn't going to be gold. How funny is Taika Waititi in this movie, playing Korg? Oh, he's he's amazing. Korg easily became one of my top Marvel characters. I mean, yes. I, I had watched Planet Hulk, uh, the animated Planet Hulk movie, not super far before I, we went and saw Ragnarok. And uh, I the whole time I was like, oh, Korg's like a cool character. And I remember in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I believe, when they're like going through all the uh, portals in space and they like cross over a planet where there's two alien beings fighting each other. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like Korg. And so that's what I thought that maybe that was like a hint. And I was like, Oh, Korg, cool. He's from, <laughs> he's from planet Hulk. And then when we watched this movie, I was like, Oh, it was better than I could have imagined. Like just <laughs> perfect. When he like runs and kicks the wall after <laughs> Loki is like pops up and talks to him and he's like, piss off ghost. I was like, Oh my God, the best <laughs> character. He's so funny. Yeah. He's so good. And I think part of it is that I find, and I, I was just going to say that I think uh, that New Zealanders accents are inherently kind of hilarious, which is big talk coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I think he he knows comedy and like uh, any of the movies that he's directed have been even like Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm -hmm. It has like a deeper story going on through it. But the comedy parts are so good. They're so well written. What we do in the shadows is one of my like all time probably top 10 movies yes it's so awesome <laughs> it's so good it's just like oh so i i really hope that they they let him do more stuff especially with the i don't know kind of after ragnarok or really after guardians of the galaxy came out there was like a shift right and like oh we want to do all these cool colorful neat soundtrack movies with all these great visuals and it's like, yeah, just give that to him. Let him go crazy. I mean, every scene in Ragnarok was so good and like so exciting, like visually exciting. Mm-hmm. When they're walking through the streets and like they're trying not to let Banner turn back into Hulk, like, oh my gosh, it's so it's such a cool colored scene of everyone <laughs> carrying their Hulk stuff and like you know, powder bombs going off and stuff. Oh, I loved mm-hmm. it. It's so oh, yeah. Good. Mason was saying while we were watching, he's like, so many of these shots would make dope album covers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The whole movie was an album cover, essentially. It's so good. I mean, and 
I think the another strong point for this movie is that it's one of the first movies that leads directly to the next movie. Mm. It ends with all of Asgard climbing on this ship and taking off and then boom we'll move on to Infinity War where it picks up immediately mm-hmm. with that same ship sending out a distress signal as Thanos's mothership comes and they board and this is where we witness Loki's end if but you wait, will we can't talk about Loki's end yet because we still haven't talked about the Hulk smash oh yeah oh yeah we totally <laughs> skipped the Hulk smash again <laughs> we skipped the Hulk smash last week completely breezed over it but in Avengers one of the best moments is when Hulk grabs Loki and just slams him back and forth in the ground and then leaves him in a crater, essentially. And one of the best theater reactions I've ever borne witness to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Everyone was loud. It was mm-hmm. perfect. And Absolutely. then we get to see a redo of that in Ragnarok, except this time it's Thor. And we get to see Loki get so excited that someone else is... <laughs> is going through what he's already been through. Yeah. Plus his flash of initial horror at seeing that it's Hulk. <laughs> That's... Which is weird too. Like he's been there long enough, right? You'd think that maybe he would know You'd think, that Hulk was there, but... Maybe it's seasonal. It just yeah. got to be champion season. Thor just happened to drop in. <laughs> but, oh, that was... It was really funny when he as soon as it happens and he like jumps up he's like that's what it feels like it's like oh (laughs) somebody remembered something that happened and wrote it in there it was almost like an easter egg but like a audible easter egg if you will (laughs) that's how it feels (laughs) (laughs) well fast forwarding to the end or the beginning i guess um we we kind of get to see loki's initial or his what this is his third death now fourth death um third 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 death so it it seems pretty real Mm -hmm. i don't know you know obviously it all kind of gets not retcon but it all gets fixed by the end of uh end game but Mm -hmm. Initially, it seems like Loki actually dies and Thor kind of loses it. We get to kind of see this emotional journey that he goes through where now he literally has lost everything. I mean, in Ragnarok, he loses his father. Well, let's see, in the Thor 2, Dark World, he loses his mother. Then he loses his father and... Then he loses his brother and all of Asgard, essentially, which is weird later on in the movie. I'm not really sure how it works because he talks multiple times about how, like, they only lost half of Asgard. And when we see him later in his little town, he says that those are all Asgardians. But it kind of looks like when the ship is destroyed, like, there are no survivors from that ship. So, yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm guessing that, you know, it depicts Thanos uh, before 
like having the Infinity Gauntlet, as killing half of whatever population that he has. And so it has to be that the people that we see dead on the ship comprise half of the Asgardians that were on there, and then they would have been further decimated by the snap. Oh, so yeah. like they they halved them and then they and then halved them again. Quartered them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah, it's got to be a rough life on Asgard. <laughs> yeah, but this this scene leading up to Loki's death is far and away Tom Hiddleston's strongest in the whole MCU. So so good. I like like I've got like a page and a half of notes just about this like two minutes. <laughs> Just like, wow, wow, tremendous work, Tom. <laughs> yeah, well, we get to see him, you know, in, in Ragnarok, we see a lot more, like, whimsical, fun Loki. And mm -hmm. this movie, we get to see, like, here's the Loki that we've been wanting that, you know, cares about his family and is trying to protect the universe, essentially. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, you do get that little moment where he talks about, you know, he's like, oh, pick me if you're going to Earth and I can kind of show you around. I've been there. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, boo, Loki, don't switch <laughs> sides. But then he makes the knife and you're like, oh, OK, so like Loki's Loki's on another good streak. <laughs> and he calls himself uh, Odinson. So that's his signal to Thor that this is he's like, I got this. Shush. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is sneakiness, but it's our sneakiness. <laughs> Uh, it is kind of a rough death for him that oh, uh, yeah. he just gets choked to death, essentially. Choked with the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a big metal gauntlet's choking him out. But he is an Asgardian god, so I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks that maybe he didn't die and... Even when I watched it, I was like, oh, he'll come back. Like, he didn't actually die. But then when he never does come back, it's kind of like, wow, maybe they did kill him off. Yeah, like, I think he's I think he's dead, dead. Yeah. <laughs> also, whenever we watch this in the theater, my husband leaned over to me and goes, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, he's fine, he's fine. Because I knew in my heart it wasn't the last we would see of Loki. Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly how it would work out, but I figured some kind of string would be pulled. <laughs> and we would get a Loki back. A Loki, not the Loki, because I thought he looks pretty dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But a Loki. Well, I I assumed he wasn't dead and he was going to pop back up later on. And he does, but it's not the dead Loki. It's the past Loki. Mm -hmm. But we'll get there. Uh, so we kind of get to see everyone struggling with how to stop Thanos in this movie and just i mean there's no hope he is overwhelmingly stronger than everyone that tries to fight him mm -hmm. and you know one by one gets the stones there are some really cool scenes like the uh the entire scene when they're in nowhere is mm -hmm. i think one of the best like twist scenes that i've seen in a while where the whole time you think like, oh, okay, something's happening. As soon as Gamora stabs him, you're kind of like, wow, no, nah, it couldn't be that easy. But the fact that like all of that, that entire scene was fake because he's had the reality stone the whole time. You're like, woof, that's, that is rough. Mm -hmm. I do think a missed moment is 
he shoves the collector in that little box and as everything is turning into what the actual reality is the collector's like standing there waving in the box and like i don't know maybe it's too gruesome but i kind of thought we'd see like a skeleton or his cloak or something in there to say like oh the collector's dead but we don't so maybe the collector's alive somewhere i don't know no, they're not gonna toss benicio del toro they're gonna use that weirdo as many times as they can i mean the collector <laughs> i don't mean benicio del toro being the weirdo <laughs> Well, it, it makes me think, too, like we've seen so many other characters show up in the background of the collector's collection. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen Howard the Duck. We've seen Cosmo the dog. We've seen a couple dark elves. Um, so it's, you know, that when that happened, that was kind of like a wow, like, OK, so I don't really know how that works with the snap because... At the end of this movie, Thanos snaps his fingers and half of the population is wiped out. And then Infinity, or not Infinity War, uh, Endgame is all about them trying to reverse it. But really, they reverse the snap. So all the people that Thanos killed before... They're just dead. So that's why Loki didn't come back. Right, which is another thing that I I kept forgetting that that's what he was doing and so when they brought everyone back i thought like oh surely loki's gonna show up but no he doesn't show up i mean i guess we assume that nowhere is just destroyed same with uh xandar he talks about in i think it's infinity war they talk about that yeah he destroyed like half of xandar so i don't know i mean that's rough to think that even though they saved you know half of the universe's population they didn't save everybody that he that he killed Mm-mm. um but we get to see a lot of cool changes for all the characters um there's definitely a shift going from infinity war into Endgame, where we see you know in the previous iterations of all these characters it's all about being a better person right being better than the enemy excuse me not in like a you can punch harder or kick harder or anything but just being better like morally better um but now it's like the gloves are off like thanos and his army comes through and they are killing chitari left and right they're killing thanos's i think he calls them his children but more like his generals his army generals um, and some of them die in like horrific ways. I mean, the one guy gets like launched into the shield and blows up. The lady gets held up in the air and run over by a big buzz saw, basically. Uh, so there's definitely a shift of like, all right, now, now that they're not fighting people, they're opening up a little bit to being a little more violent with mm. how they're portraying all these heroes. Mm. That's for sure. Yeah. I guess <laughs> I guess you got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh I did think it was weird that when Captain America is fighting, they gave him his little hand shields, but he's in Wakanda where they made the first shield, right? Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't they have just made him a new shield? There was no time. 
I mean, true, yeah. It was very last second, but I don't know. Bucky's there. Maybe he could have been like, hey, can you make my friend a new shield? <laughs> uh, Cap also had one of the cosmetic changes that I wish had been permanent when he had the beard in this movie. I was like, that's a that's a good look for him. He should have kept the beard. It's gone in Endgame. And I was hmm. so angry that they got rid of Thor's eye patch. I was about the eye patch yeah. at the end of Ragnarok. That was so cool. And then they're like, oh, we can put in this fake eyeball that does stuff yeah which seemed like a cop-out to be like how oh, we don't want to keep having to glue this eye patch on you so absolutely we'll just out. yeah we'll just be like oh yeah they replaced his eye um yeah i liked cap's beard too and i liked his new suit um oh, yeah. where like the star is blacked out and all of the suit is kind of blacked out is that my cat <laughs> <laughs> um but i kind of liked that where it's like okay he's He's turned his back on being Captain America as far as like Captain America goes. And now he's Captain Steve. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Rogers is here to save the day. Uh, it was fun to see Bucky and Falcon and all the interactions that they had having just finished Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is crazy. Like, I forgot that they had so many moments together in the movies I kind of just remembered them like, yeah, I remember they were both in it and maybe they like talked to each other once, but I mean, there are multiple occasions where they have full on interactions with each other where I was like, Oh yeah. Like <laughs> you guys are going to be friends. Don't, don't worry. So I, that was fun to see. Um, I guess we'll move into end game. Um, we kind of get the cast grows again. Uh, we've already kind of seen more people show up by the end of Infinity War. And then, you know, right off the bat for Endgame, we start adding characters in. And it's just like, wow, I mean, you guys weren't kidding. Like, you were putting everyone that you've ever even kind of mentioned into this movie. And then some, with the addition of Captain Marvel. Um, which I can't remember. Did Captain Marvel come out before Endgame? Um, yeah, I think it came out between Infinity War and, and Endgame. Game. Okay. Yeah. So then, yes. Yeah, so then we did see her before, but I like that she came back. Um, I like that we get to see like this bummy Thor, <laughs> <laughs> like just upset. Uh, we definitely see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We definitely see angry Thor at the beginning of the movie. Um yeah, and, he uh he in uh in Infinity War he almost kills Thanos with Stormbreaker. Mm -hmm. And then Thanos says he should have gone for the head and at the beginning of Endgame he sure enough does. Oh yeah, he remembers <laughs> that he should have gone for the head. So that was kind of interesting to see Thor almost take revenge. Um but I think that it fits well with Thor's character. Right. Kind of like you said, he has that dumb guy energy and like not necessarily in a bad way, but it's just like he doesn't in his mind, like he's angry. Thanos t took away his entire family, everything he knows Thanos wiped out. He wants to kill Thanos. And now that the stones are gone, he just assumes what's the point then I'm going to kill him and he kills him. And it was kind of like a turning moment where you're like, wow, I mean, Thor kind of snapped. Yeah. And we see that again when we see him in his little town 
where now he has like kind of a beer gut. He's letting his hair grow crazy. He's just sitting around watching Korg and I can't remember the little bug guy's name. Me. Yeah. Watching them play video games, yelling at kids on Fortnite. <laughs> um, and you're just like, wow, Thor really lost it. I mean, he completely changed from being Thor to being this like weird, slobby, the dude guy. <laughs> um, but it, it, it is fun to see him kind of alter that course, uh, especially once they realize, oh my gosh, like we can, we can fix this. We can go back in time. Thanks to Scott Lang coming out of the quantum realm, which like, Good thing that mouse was there, right? To step right. on the button. <laughs> I mean, what would that movie have been if that mouse didn't show up? Um, there was uh, there was um, something that I saw that said the reason why there were so many outcomes where they lost or didn't achieve what they wanted to was because the mouse had to key in the exact code to open up the quantum realm. It only <laughs> happened the one time. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's I like that. I think that that's a good way to think about it because I, honestly i didn't even think of that when he says there are so many there's like 40 billion fact check how many times there are but uh it only happens the one time so he he talks about how many times that it didn't happen and in my mind it was just like oh they tried a bunch of stuff and it never worked out but it is interesting to think like yeah if, if scott hadn't come back from the quantum realm there would have been no one to tell anyone about the quantum realm. So no one would have known. So that, that is a really cool way to think of that. But yeah, he, that mouse did have to step on just the right buttons to, to release him. But once they kind of learn, they get to go back in time. You definitely see a shift in everyone's attitude where it went from everyone being super defeated to like, okay, now there's a little glimmer of hope. And we get to kind of go back into a couple of the past movies, which was a lot of fun. And this is where we get to see Loki again mm -hmm. and kind of where we think the Loki series is going to pick up. Um, I mean, I don't know how it's going to work with this timeline, right? Is where Loki vanishes with the, tesseract mm -hmm. right and they're not really there for that they're there for the staff so they get the staff well, i mean they have to get the tesseract he ruins everything by taking the tesseract right mm -hmm. so i i wonder like okay when steve goes back like fast forward to the end steve goes back with all the stones to put them back in the right places mm -hmm. i want to know how that's going to affect the Loki show because they kind of explain it in Endgame that when they go back and take all the stones, they're creating all these branch timelines. And from what we know about the Loki show, he's essentially put in time jail mm -hmm. <laughs> for messing up the timeline. So if we assume time jail is at the edge of where time ends then that means there are already these branch so like even when steve goes back and puts all the stones back 
there have to still be these like branch timelines. Yeah, he he winds up being married to Peggy, and we know from other things she had married somebody totally different, right? And like moved on with her life. So like, how does he do that? Does he set up a new timeline and cross over with the Tesseract or one of the stones? Uh, we don't know. Right. Why isn't Cap in time jail? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, that's my point. Is that there are all these branch timelines and that's the problem. So if Loki is going to time jail for being out of a branch timeline, Cap also is in a created this branch timeline that somehow everyone is a part of. But I mean, where was Cap for the Avengers? Where was Cap for... Well, any of the Avengers movies, like I was almost said Avengers 2, but that, yes, any of the Avengers movies, they have Captain America who came out of the ice. So if Cap goes back in time and marries Peggy, are there two Captain Americas? And one's just kind of laying low? Yeah, like one's in ice and the other one is a (laughs) stay-at-home husband. And like, do they have kids? Is there baby cap and peggy kids out there how mad is sharon (laughs) (laughs) yeah well yeah what happened to sharon also this is another instance where loki morphs into cap for a second in uh in endgame when he's making fun of him sharon is peggy's great niece peggy's great niece which would mean peggy would have to have kids right well, she would have to have um, probably a Siblings. brother, yeah, since okay. Sharon's last name is Carter, too. So I'm guessing that it's Peggy's brother is her grandpa mm, okay. or her dad. I mean, she never calls her great, I don't guess. I was just figuring because of their age difference that right. Peggy had to be her great aunt instead of her regular aunt. So then, yeah, so, you, so Cap staying back in time really messes things up. Yeah, unless everybody. he creates like a different like totally different time branch and again should be getting picked up by the time authorities because that is right. against the law <laughs> exactly so so maybe that is a good a good uh thought of what happens maybe maybe loki changes into captain america for something to get help or to to like get through a checkpoint or something he takes on the appearance of captain america and that's what gets him caught by the time police and then he gets there and he's like no 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 i'm loki and they're like okay we'll bring you into <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter you're in jail so i don't that's a good i could see it i could see it i do something did happen in this movie that was kind of a fact check from a couple weeks ago i think mm-hmm. um where we were talking about uh Oh, no, I guess it was from last week. We were talking about Pepper Potts and does she help in the big fight? And she does. She comes in with her protector (laughs) suit on. She helps everybody. So that threw my fact check out. I was a terrible fact checker last week because that threw my (laughs) fact check out about Morgan because now Morgan can't be the protector because we already have a protector. She can't be Ironheart. That's Riri Williams. So I think she's just going to be Morgan Stark. But I feel like I saw an article. I don't know. It's Well, we've it's, had two Captain Americas at this point. There's no reason yeah, why true. Morgan can't do the thing. I mean, she's just, she's just little right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She could definitely take the mantle. And I don't know. I think that that's kind of what all of this is moving towards 
we're going to start seeing more young Avengers stuff coming, um, especially with these series, the Disney series coming out, because now we have uh, Elijah. We have. I keep wanting to call her Kate, but her name isn't Kate in the Marvel movies. Um, Hawkeye's daughter. Um, oh, but it's it's not his daughter that he's training up. Like in his show that we should be getting, I guess, next year, it, it is Kate Bishop. Um, it is Kate Bishop? Okay. Yeah, and she's being played by Haley Steinfeld. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then I, I wonder what they're going to do with that too then. Like they kind of teased Kate Bishop by showing him teaching his daughter how to shoot and she had a purple shirt on i believe if i remember correctly um so i i mean i don't know i feel like there's a lot of a lot of ways but now we have all these timelines so it doesn't matter they could they could literally do whatever they want and there's nothing it could be explained away yeah (laughs) um not that i'm not excited for it so after seeing these these three kind of bigger I mean, definitely bigger movies. I mean, it, it's literally one movie to the next to the next in the whole saga that we've kind of been building up to uh, with all 12 movies, 13 movies. So what are your thoughts on, I guess, the series as a whole, if you were to, to think about all the movies and where they started versus where they an- ended well, um, first of all, like what an undertaking. I can't think of another franchise that has done anything even remotely in the ballpark of what they've done with the MCU. Like it's really impressive to me that they have not only had all these converging storylines, all these characters and all these very, very well cast actors just like nailed it time after time, but also that they've maintained like really high quality. Like I know that we talked about how we're going to share like which ones we think are worst maybe next week um but even the ones that are on my list that i said are like the worst ones they're still not bad Mm -hmm. like none of them are bad and most of them are really really quite good very good or at the very least enjoyable like Mm -hmm. it kind of blows my mind and never think about how many things had to come together to make this with the occasional blip like you know terrence howard and ed norton (laughs) (laughs) And then for it to culminate in a movie like uh, Endgame that got such an awesome response from audiences and, you know, particularly from me, like I really, really, really enjoyed watching Infinity War and Endgame. I can't think of two more movies that I uh, have anticipated more than those two. So, yeah. I was a big fan of all of it. Start to finish which we'll talk about more whenever we talk about favorites and not favorites (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we'll definitely do that next week uh but i I agree that i think the the least favorite movies were still fun movies Mm -hmm. for me a lot of them were my least favorite because like they were on my least favorite list because they didn't necessarily need to be tied to the bigger story which like you said i mean what an undertaking to not do like a trilogy and try to cram all of this information into three or four movies or even six movies i mean they went above and beyond creating this huge universe with all these characters and seamlessly pulling them all together um i will say my 
only gripe for Endgame because it is a pretty good movie considering everything that led up to it and how many people they cram into that movie. My only gripe is Mjolnir is a hammer that only worthy people can pick up. That's it. (laughs) When Cap wields Mjolnir, he is not only able to electrify it, but also bring down a lightning bolt from the sky with it. When did he become Captain America, God of Thunder? But that's what that's what it says is whoever wields Mjolnir is given the power of Thor. That's what Odin whispers to it in the first movie. I mean, yes, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Okay, yes. But but if that's the case, then how does Thor? Well, I guess he's Thor. Yeah. And he does have Stormbreaker, which is another powerful weapon. Although, yeah. my husband has a different grip, which is that if Cap can wield Mjolnir, there's no way that Spider-Man shouldn't be able to as well. Because he's like, if there's a kid who's pure of heart, it's Peter Parker. That's he's true. He's got to be worthy. That's true. But I guess he never really tries to pick it up. The only no. time he uses it is to fly away. So, like, maybe he still could wield it. Maybe. I mean, it doesn't, like, down whenever, yeah. whenever he has it or whenever he's being pulled by it. Um, All right. Yeah, well, so. I re- I rescind my gripe then. Because <laughs> that was when that happened, I was like, hold on. Wait a second. Why is Cap wielding thunder Steve. and lightning? <laughs> like, okay. All right. I, I guess that makes more sense. Then, yes, if he gets all the powers of Thor with the hammer... Why also, wasn't he that flying? That scene is so good. I can't. I can't <laughs> imagine really having even questioned it because it I was is just really like, good. Wow! Yay! <laughs> it is very cool, and it's fun to see him like basically pin Thanos to the ground with this giant lightning bolt. Yeah, it's another one of the really, really good like character moments that we get uh, between these two movies. Um, another one that happens really, uh, I think, a few minutes after this is whenever they have like the entire like lady squad get together. <laughs> to try yeah. to carry the infinity gauntlet um i thought that was great but whenever i was talking to uh another girl in class after the movie came out we were all just like you know together talking about how great how good it was um she said that whenever it happened she started bawling her eyes out in the theater. <laughs> it was a, it was like a fun moment that gave me like chills because it was such like a cool powerful moment but captain marvel literally flew through a giant ship multiple times i don't know that she necessarily needed their help to fly from one end of this battlefield to the other but it was a very cool moment yes i really enjoyed it (laughs) that's another one of mason's graphs is because he says when you've got wanda and captain marvel it should all be over yeah those two alone could have probably taken out thanos (laughs) yeah yeah and i feel like they it is weird because it seems like they dumbed down wanda's powers a little bit for this final fight or really in in both of these movies i mean both times we see her wield her powers they're strong but they're not they're not as strong as she really is no but now she's you know the full scarlet witch we saw in the tv show so maybe we'll see some more of it in uh in multiverse of madness i hope so true but now I feel like we're getting to that scary territory, though, of I don't know if you watched Dragon Ball Z when you were younger, but know. OK, well, the the problem with Dragon Ball Z is that Goku is always so strong 
that they have to come in with like a stronger villain. And then he beats that villain by going like crazy strong. And then they bring in a stronger villain. And so it's like, at some point you're like, I mean, the dude can like blow up a planet by flicking it. How, how could there be someone stronger than that? So I think it is a dangerous game to make Wanda earth shatteringly powerful and then trying to introduce somebody that's stronger than Thanos when they showed that it basically took every single person in the MCU so far just to even hold him back, not to kill him or, or beat him, but just to hold him back long enough mm-hmm. for them to basically trick him out of the stones at the end. So it's kind of hard to think of somebody more powerful than that. So I am interested in who the next big bad is going to be in the, in the MCU or, yeah, I know a lot of people are thinking that it should be Doctor Doom or Mephisto or something like that, but we'll just we'll have to see. Yeah, I think it'll be good too to add some more people to maybe make it like not a world, like maybe make Galactus the next like world-ending entity. But for now, stick with some of the smaller ones like Mephisto or like Doctor Doom, where they're like the mid-tier <laughs> bad guys. Yeah, where you can you can pull in some more new people and have the new people be like, this is who we're fighting right now. But it's not like, Oh yeah. All we have to do is call Carol Danvers and she'll show up and (laughs) punch the guy's head off and we win. So. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. So next week we are going to go over each of our top five favorite movies and bottom, bottom five least favorite movies. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We might and, <laughs> yes yeah so we'll kind of go through those and uh and figure out you know who liked what who didn't like what and for what reason uh and then i mean what do we have i, I can never remember i need to put a sign up that says how many weeks left for loki but we're down to three weeks uh no i think that next week might be our last one. No, oh no we've got two more episodes before loki i think okay i'm having to do math and i'm really bad at math forgive me (laughs) oh you're fine (laughs) me too that's why i never remember um but yeah i think we do i think we have two more weeks and then the third week will be the first wednesday Mm -hmm. um i'm wondering if they're gonna do any like pre episode stuff i know they've been releasing more like mini trailers and little bits yeah, there was a lot of stuff come out uh, this week. There was a cover story in Entertainment Weekly that had a really interesting uh, interview with Tom Hiddleston about his time in the MCU. I, rec- I recommend everybody read that. It was really <laughs> great. Um, yeah, we're going to get bombarded with Loki stuff. And we got we got like a little trailer uh, this mm-hmm. past week. I think it was just a TV spot, but it was pretty interesting. It gave us more of a glimpse into the TVA. We got to meet Miss Minutes. That was fun. Yes. Oh my gosh. As <laughs> by the end of that little teaser, Miss Minutes was instantly on my probably top five Marvel side characters. I I love little things like that. Like in the Fallout games, the little Pip Boy, like all of those just like fun little old timey cartoon characters that like pop up in shows. Oh, they're so great. I think I'm jealous of Miss Minutes because she's got the southern accent I wish I had. <laughs> I hope I really hope that she is she's like the time police's 
Jarvis or Friday that like maybe she just like pops up all over the place a little miss minutes to tell Loki like hey here's your next assignment go to this time do this like oh man that'd be great and at worst she could be the TVA's clippy and just give all sorts of annoying tips on how to do the thing you already know <laughs> that would be great I definitely need more miss minutes <laughs> this this trailer has also made me even uh stronger in my belief that this is basically doctor who like yeah they're even at, like the part where they shoot him with a gun and it takes all of his clothes off that's a thing on doctor who <laughs> <laughs> well i'm i'm interested in maybe this is something we can uh we can either throw in the fact check or, or look up to talk about next week but maybe a little bit more about the director uh and the writer for this series because maybe they are big doctor who fans and they're taking kind of taking that into consideration as maybe like a little nod to other Doctor Who fans. I know that Kate Heron is British, so it's possible. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to all these things up. <laughs> deep dive into that. Uh, but join us next week and we'll go over our top five and bottom five uh, and keep that countdown clock ticking two more <laughs> weeks or three more weeks, however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. It'll be on a Wednesday. So we will see you all next week. Bye. Hello, fellow agents and listeners. This is Luke checking in. I'm going to be doing some fact checking. So first up on my list is from Thor Ragnarok, the champion's tower. If you look at this tower, you're going to see the faces of previous champions, but is one of those Thanos. Well, turns out it is not Thanos. So if you look at the Champion's Tower from the top down, you have Man-Thing at the top. On the left, you have Beta Ray Bill. On the right, you have Ares. The bottom right, you have Bi-Beast. The bottom, you have Fin Fang Foom. And the bottom left, you have the Night Crawler, who's also known as the Dark Crawler from Earth 616. It is actually Bi-Beast, who kind of resembles Thanos. All right, next up on my list is the Get Help scene from Thor Ragnarok. We are curious what the original plans for the scene were, but unfortunately, I was unable to find what the original plans were. But I did find a great article and video off of Digital Spy where you get the breakdown of how the scene was made. Uh, it's really fun. Just get on the internet, search for Get Help Scene Digital Spy. You should be able to find it. All right, next up is for Mjolnir. So what is the actual power of this hammer and what gets carried over to the various wielders? Well, there are so many things that this hammer can do. And what's crazy is that we haven't really seen everything in the films. I'm really hoping they will dive deeper into the capabilities of the hammer in the next Thor film. But essentially, whoever is worthy enough to wield the hammer should be able to control all the powers. You know, the main thing is controlling the weather, which includes lightning. Uh, you can also fly with the hammer if it's spun and releases that power. But to break down who all has actually wielded the hammer, we have Roger Red Norvell. You have Beta Ray Bill, Captain America, Eric Masterson. You have Bor, who is Thor's grandfather. Bury, who is the great-grandfather of Thor. Loki, at some point, is also wielded the hammer. Jane Foster, the Destroyer, Black Panther. Eddie Brock was able to wield the hammer, but he had help from the Enigma Force. And in a crossover special, Superman was able to wield the hammer, who needed it in just a time where he really needed it. 
All right. So moving on, let's talk about Captain America for a second. Now, Captain America at the end of Endgame, he goes back to return the stones. But what we want to know is, did this create an alternate timeline in any way? It looks out that there is a lot of arguments between the Russo brothers, whether he broke a timeline or not. But I think there's one thing we really need to pay attention to. And that is what happens in 2012. So when Captain America goes back to return the stones, if you look at the Space Stone, he's actually going back to return this at the military base in 1970. But what seems like he probably did not do was go back and fix the event that happened in 2012 during the time heist. So I think that's really what's going to lead into the Loki series. And that's what we're going to pay attention to is, is what happens after Loki gets uh, the space stone and, and disappears in the 2012 time heist from Endgame. All right. So moving down the list, we have, let's look at the, the relation dynamics between Peggy and Sharon Carter. So I, I got this off of the MCU wiki. So Peggy Carter has one sibling. She has a brother who is Michael Carter. If you look down the family timeline, Michael Carter is actually Sharon Carter's or Sharon Carter is Michael Carter's granddaughter, but Sharon Carter is Peggy's niece. Peggy is actually the great aunt of Sharon Carter. So uh, this family dynamic is really crazy because I know the big thing is, you know, um, if you look at uh, Steve Rogers and his relationship with Sharon and Peggy, um, it gets a little little crazy. But, you know, he was not informed of the family dynamics when, when all that happened. But that is the family breakdown there. So thank you so much for checking in on these fact-checked items. Just a reminder that Loki will start streaming on Disney Plus Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. We are looking forward to talking about Loki. Uh, look forward to uh, uh, seeing all of our fans' reactions to it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is Luke reporting out. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.